0: Good morning. Welcome to NUFC Matters for me, Steve Wraith. Tuesday morning brings Ross Gregory. Good morning, Ross.
1: Morning, Steve. Morning, everyone.
0: Good to see you, mate. And um, it's not coming home, Ross, is the uh, the theme that we'll start with this morning. Um, we all got a little bit excited as usual, but unfortunately, um it wasn't to be England knocked out by France. Uh game of two halves. You know, England didn't really show um much desire or passion, I didn't think in the first half. Second half. You know, they, they certainly took the game to France, um, and had it not been, I guess, for you know the, the you know the, the sheer brilliance of France in you know in, in taking that chances clinically, um, and and some dodgy refereeing, it has to be said, uh, England might have found you know themselves you know it, you know into the semi-finals. And of course, we'll have to mention Harry Kane's horrendous second penalty kick. Yeah, look, I,
1: I've, it's a real difficult one. look. If I judge, if I judge it as a as a whole across the the, the tournament, I think I think Newcastle, eh, Newcastle. I wish. I think England um, were were really really good in in large spells of that tournament. You know, you, we can look at it and go, well, uh, you know, the only the only beat this team and that team and, and whatever. But the World Cup shown this year that that you know, there's there's a number of shocks that have happened. There's a number of big teams that have. That have haven't got out, either haven't got out of the group or they've fallen at the at the the last kind of sixteen stage. I think England had a had a really really strong tournament, but come up against the best team in the world. They came up against the reigning world champions, in, in in France and a team that have that have got a really strong unit and some individual brilliance within that team. Um, I think for me, I thought I thought looking at the game on on Saturday night, first 25, 30 minutes, I thought France were the better team and, and, you know, obviously went ahead. The goal, for me, shouldn't have stood because it was a foul on Saga. It was probably two fouls on Saga in the corner, but you've still got to then defend it a little bit better. But having said that, I think it was, I think it was a, a really good strike and, and obviously, France went 1-0 up. After that, I thought England dominated. I really do. I thought, I thought that had a couple of good chances to in the last 10, 15 minutes of the, the first half. we made a couple of saves from from Harry Kane, we should have had a penalty. It, for me, it was it was on the line. It was a foul, and it should have been it should have been a penalty. Poor refereeing decision again. Came out second half, and I thought absolutely dominated the game. Really, um, with a better team against, like I say, against the reigning world champions, against the, probably the best team in the world. And England went toe to toe matched them. With front foot, were were aggressive, were um, were were positive. I felt. Um, Got the equalizer. Always looked a threat. France are a good team, and they were always going to get another another chance or another two chances. And 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 so lo and behold, it, it came off. And it's just fine margins, you know. Again, Harry Kane misses that penalty, and it's, and it's wild and it's it's horrible. But you know, he had the he had the bottle to stand up and and, and take it. It's fine, fine margins with England at the minute. The, the team is really really close to being a, a, an excellent outfit, and I think against. In pretty much any other game, they they would have won that. I think they can come home with their heads held high, which hasn't always been the case in 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 uh, international tournaments. It's a you, you know, people are looking and saying, well, you know, the Southgate have to go. Is it is it a regression from from where? England? Where is he getting the best the best out of them? I think I think he has got the best out of them. I think it's just very very fine margins. And you're a penalty kick away from winning the Euros. You're a penalty kick away from potentially going into the semi final against uh, against Morocco at the World Cup. It's very fine margins, and and we just want that little bit of luck to to, to roll our way, and it, it hasn't happened so far.
0: No, it hasn't. Uh, we uh, have to dream another day uh, will come. And um, Gareth Southgate's got a, a decision to make now, Ross. Um, you know, a lot of people felt he would probably just stay on. He's got his contract, which lasts until, you know, the end of the, uh, the next European Championships. But word coming out from Gareth yesterday was that he's, He's in conflict with himself. And um, I can understand it because, you know, the previous two competitions, you know, he he got to the semis, he got to the final, fell short there. The World Cup this time round, he's only got to the quarters. You can understand why maybe he's thinking, you know, do a step aside and let somebody else have a go.
1: I think it's, for me, I think it's more that that he's... um, He's not sure whether he can... I think it takes a toll. It takes a it takes a toll uh, personally on 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 someone like Gareth Southgate. There's a lot of time and energy and effort put into these tournaments and they can leave you you feeling drained. And I think that's the case that, that happened in after the after the Euros, after the after the previous World Cup. There's a lot put into it. i also Gareth Southgate has had a has had a, a fair degree of criticism and stick over the last eighteen months. You know he gets to he gets to the semi he gets to the final of the Euros and, and gets you know within a, within a penalty kick of of winning the first tournament for England since 1966, and he still gets he still gets hammered absolutely hammered by by people. He must be looking and thinking, what more can I can I do? I've, I've, I'm you know I'm the most successful England manager since Sir Alf Ramsey, and I'm still getting absolutely battered. Um, I think he's also. Uh, what what you've got to look at with the England managers, it's not just what what you deal with a, on a on a kind of a game by game basis. It's not just the the, the pressures there. You've got to be you've almost got to be a, a spokesman for English football. You've got to be a spokesman for the FA because the FA don't come out and, and speak on on racism or on Brexit or on um, on you know whether the whether the World Cup should be in Qatar and, and you know human rights issues and all this sort of stuff. Gareth Southgate has to do that. And he does it very, very well. To be fair to him, he he puts himself forward. He, he's got time for everybody. He never shies away from a question. He never ducks a question. But ultimately, he just wants to manage a football team. He just wants to focus on the football, like like Eddie Howe does with Newcastle, like every every manager wants to do with a the club. They just want to focus on coaching the team, managing the team. They don't want to be a spokesman on on international affairs and politics and all that sort of stuff. And I think I think he's got a little bit that that's became an extra burden on on, on Gareth as well. And he's he's weighing that up as to whether it's it's something that he wants to continue with and and or whether going back into into club management is is the right time. Now he, he obviously wants to go back into club management at some point. I think he's he's made that fairly clear. He, he wants to go back and, and manage. I don't necessarily think that's the that would be the best route for him, but that's one he's one of his personal ambitions. So it's whether now is the right time for him to to go back in or whether he looks at it and thinks, right, let's finish this cycle. I've got eighteen months left. The Euros is around in eighteen months. We've got a really strong crop of players um, that could come come through, and and this is I mean, maybe he's never going to get this this chance again to to manage this group of players. So it's a it's a difficult one for him. I hope personally that he stays because I think he's a I think he's done a, an excellent job with England. But if he walked away, I would I would say you know. Thanks very much for the job that you've done. Let's see if anybody else can can do a better job and, and take this take this group of players onto the next level.
0: Yeah, John uh, from QTech says, "Does Ross know when the World Cup lads will be joining back training? Presume we've got to give them time. Uh, we've got time to get them into the team for Bournemouth." He says, and um, I, I, you know, from from my perspective, I would imagine that you know the fact that England exited early, the fact that Brazil exited early does do us a big favour.
1: It will do, yeah, it will do. So um, I think Eddie Howe said when in, when he was in Saudi Arabia, he would judge it on a kind of case-by-case basis and see, see with the players who's who's fit, who's who's knackered, who's, who's back sh- sooner and sharper than, than everybody else. But obviously the, the three England lads uh, uh, have exited the tournament. Bruno's exited the tournament with Brazil and, and, and Fabian shares exited it with, with Switzerland as well. So they're all back and in, in available. I think they'll be having a, a little bit of time off um, the rest of this week, where they might be back in for for training either at the weekend or um or or Monday and and possibly available. The, the game being brought forward to to the Tuesday now, the Bournemouth game being brought forward to the Tuesday might affect things a little bit more because it's twenty four hours less that they would have to to get back into the group and, and work with the with the team and with the, with the players, but. Um, but yeah, I, I certainly think now that they that they're out of the tournament, they should be back in training end of end of this week, starting next week, and, and, and potentially available for the for the Bournemouth game. Whether whether Eddie Howe then wants to throw them straight in is a, is another matter because they won't have had much time with the, with the team, and I'm, and I'm guessing that Eddie Howe will have been working on the assumption that. England are gonna you know, you might not have had these players available. I think that's the way a manager has to work after have to look at right, these are the players that we've got available that I know will definitely be available. And I'll I'll set out a team selection and a plan in, in the coaching and in the preparation for the Bournemouth game based on that. So um I would be surprised if if all of them came in and, and started at, at Bournemouth, but uh, but they might be in and around the squad and, and available.
0: Yeah, I mean, Bruno is quite emotional. The Chronicle carrying an article on the website today, um, you know, just quoting what he put on his Instagram uh, with Brazil being knocked out. Today is definitely one of the saddest days of my career. Uh, An awful feeling of sadness, like I've lost someone important, like a part of me was ripped out and it really was, but not for long because I'll be here doing everything so that in four years this cup comes home. It feels like I could have done more, helped more tried something different but God's plans are much greater than our will. Joel Linton of course as the Chronicle reports was uh, first among those to comment uh, saying we are with you my brother um, as Brazil's weight goes on um, you, know, uh, for, for, you know, for you know, for that, and and I guess the fact that he's so disappointed about his, his country not you know progressing as as he hoped they would, um, is good news for Newcastle in the sense that he will come back, he'll 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 continue in the same shape and form, and and want to go on and and, and represent his country, and and hopefully a change of manager at international level for, for Brazil will give Bruno more more time to, to get on the pitch.
1: No, absolutely. I think it's. Um, I th- I think you've, what we don't realize is, you know, we're just we're just guys who watch football. Yeah, some of us have have played different levels and this, that, and the other, but but we've never played at World Cups, and you, we don't understand the the kind of the the the, the amount of um, investment that these players have put into here to get there. You know, they've, they've been working their whole career to get to this level, and then when they get there, how how much it affects them being in being in that bubble, but also having the pressures of a nation on them. You know, Brazil have got huge pressure on them. We we you know we, we look at what Gareth Southgate does with England and and some of the um, some of the pressures that come come on the on the Three Lions. Um, it's nothing compared to the pressure that that's put on the Brazil team. Um, so you know, and, and for someone like like Bruno, who who probably didn't play as many minutes as is what he would have done, what he wanted to do, but still thought that he would have a, a real strong role to play in, in Brazil going and potentially lifting the trophy. It's gonna take a lot out of people physically, emotionally, um, mentally, um, and and let, that's why Eddie Howe's saying it, he, he'll you look at these on players on a on a case by case basis and, and when they come back in, some might need a little bit extra time off. Some might just need to get back in, in amongst the lads and and start and start working. But um I, I, I don't think we can we can underestimate or overestimate how much of a of a total this, you know, crashing out of this this tournament when you've got when you've put all your hopes and ambitions ambitions over a two year cycle or a four year cycle into into playing at this tournament and potentially winning it, and you, you you bow out in disappointment, it can affect the the players quite a bit.
0: Now, since we last spoke, Newcastle United has picked up some silverware: uh, a five nil win uh, in Riyadh uh, against Al Hilal, um, uh, the Daria Cup. Um, and, and it, was a, it was a good workout for those players on the fringe and those who aren't involved in World Cup action. Um, a good PR exercise, uh, good for commercial partnerships as well. In Riyadh, the players seemed to enjoy it. The fans who were lucky enough to travel out there, including you know a few representatives from this show Steve Hasty, Mitch, uh, Stu Penman. Liam Kennedy all all out there um enjoying the sun and enjoying the uh you know the 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 meet and greet with the players the management and the uh, the owners. Um but yeah it was it was a, it was a good good trip altogether, wasn't it?
1: It was yeah look, that that was the whole the whole point of the trip was to go out do a bit of warm weather training play friendly but also um embark on a bit of a, a kind of PR campaign and and kind of all boxes all boxes ticked there you know, the players got got a good a good run out there was um there was some kind of positive PR and positive publicity and um and you know the, the you know you know stuff that you weren't gonna get obviously if, you, if you'd stayed over here with a with a minus minus two minus three temperatures snowfall and sleet all that sort of stuff um so yeah it would have been a it would have been a, a, a real bonus for the for the players to get out there and a good comfortable win with everybody getting a, a, a decent run out as well. Alexander Rizak, which is is obviously something I think we'll come on to a little bit, but uh, yeah, it's just just been a positive week for the for the club, and, and uh, the preparation should stand them in good stead for, for the return of the football uh, against Bournemouth uh, next Tuesday.:
0: Yeah, um look from my perspective as well, good to see Ryan Fraser get a run out um and the chronicle running an article on, on the fact that he's had a bit of injury issues etc and you know from his position it was great to get on the pitch it, you know he looks he looks fit and ready to go
1: it does he does I think um I, I still wouldn't be surprised if, if Ryan Frieza leaves the club in, in January but he's somebody that anyhow that knows well knows knows um knows what he can do, he's someone that he, that he's worked with previously and he's trusted in the in the past. My concern with, with Fraser always is that he's is his fitness record, is he's um is is how robust he is for, for the style of play that, that Newcastle are playing now where it's very, very intense, it's it's a high press, it's it's very energetic, it take, it's, it needs a, a lot of kind of physicality from the players and and Fraser just just seems to break down a little bit too too often. Um, but look, we want we want all Newcastle players to be fit and firing and, and ready to go, and it will give Eddie Howe a, a good kind of selection headache if he is, if Ryan Fraser is fit and and, and available. You know he's got a lot of competition there now at, for for those wide places with with Mickey Almeron in, in such fine form, say maximum back back fit, Jacob Murphy, who's a, a player that, um, that Eddie Howe obviously trusts and likes, and, and things can do a, a specific job from. Alexander Isaac, if he comes back. There's a lot of now now competition for those kind of wide places. And, and for me, Ryan Fraser's slipped down the pecking order. Whether he can get himself back up into contention, I think it, it a lot of it will depend on how fit he can keep himself over the next next couple of months.
0: Yeah, um, it's you know it's interesting to see you know what happens with these players and, and and of course January transfer window open which we'll come on to I'm sure during the show, um, you know some of these players may you know may find themselves out of the exit door if players come in so uh, interesting month or so ahead with uh, with Newcastle United. Uh, any update on Isaac, Says John.
1: Not that I've heard. Um, I think. I'll be honest. I was a little bit concerned when I when I read some of the the, the comments. Not concerns, probably probably you know probably over over egging it a little bit, but I, but I was a, a bit surprised that that he's that his progress hadn't been as as um, as good as what we thought him or hoped it might be coming back from from that um, from that injury. The fact that he didn't play in the in the friendly um, and you know did some training off by himself still. It, it's just a little bit of a, a, a concern that it, that it hasn't cleared up as quite as quickly as possible. The way Eddie Howe was speaking, was, it was along the lines of oh, he might not be fit for, for Bournemouth, he might not be fit for, for the Leicester game on, on Boxer Day. I think they are going to ease him back in very, very um, slowly and, and make sure that, that he is absolutely 100% right. But there's obviously something there that, that's that's not quite um, progressed as as well as what they, they hope to, because it has been a, a long spell that he's been out now. Um I would be surprised if he's if he's available for for the Bournemouth game. Certainly, um, whether the Leicester game comes too soon as well, we'll just have to wait and see. But I think better to, to err on the side of caution, especially given Callum Wilson's injury um, injury problems that he's had, and in some of the niggles that he game that he obviously had when he was away with with England as well. A lot of days that he he didn't train because of of niggles and such like. So. Newcastle are just going to have to wrap the the pair of them in cotton wool and make sure that they that they they come back fit and and, and robust and ready to go and, and that there's no kind of breakdowns when when Isaac or Callum Wilson come back into the into the team.
0: Tom Dixon uh, has a couple of questions. He said, "Should Wilson, Isaac, and Saint Maximin all start for Newcastle when they're fit?"
1: And what do you do with Mickey Albin? What do you do with, <laughs> with Mickey, the player the the player that, the season so far? I am. Um, it's a it'd be a great option to, to have. I've I've said on here. I think I've said on here many times before. The the chances of having Wilson, Isaac, and say maximum fit every you know majority of games. I think I think all three have got got fitness concerns. All three uh, are going to be um, are going to be injury concerns between now and the end of the season. It's Just the type of players that they are. The, you know when you're that explosive kind of. Player, you're always going to be picking up niggles and stuff like that, and they've shown over their over their careers that they're not always the the they're not always the fittest. So, um, if they are all fit, I think I think probably say, maximum maybe he misses out at the minute because because you know the form that Miggie's in, but it'd be a great a great selection headache for for Eddie Howe to have if he's got. Those three plus Miggie Almiron, plus Ryan Fraser plus Bruno and, and everybody else all fit. But at the whole point of having a squad, I, I very much doubt that, that that trio will be will be ready and available um for many games altogether.
0: Yeah. Uh and his other question was, do you think Trippier will have time off from the World Cup? I know sometimes he just likes to go straight into training, like when he had his injury. Um I, I just guess he'll be assessed, won't he, by the medical team, and he'll um, you know, the decision will be made collectively.
1: Yeah, yeah, he'll come back. He'll, he'll be assessed by by the the physios, the medics, the medical team. Um, he's you know he's obviously a, a a player who likes to who likes to play a lot of games. He he, he you know we've seen him before when he's when he's been out. And he's come straight back in, and um, or you know when he signed he, he wanted to play straight away. Just somebody who's, who's that is that type of player where he often doesn't need a great deal of, of prep or, or lead into a to a game to to get back up to speed. So. Um, if anybody, you know, I, I could quite quite comfortably see him coming straight back back into the squad in in, in, in starting games, whereas someone like Callum Wilson might have to be used in a bit a bit better. Um, but yeah, it'll just be assessed on a on a case by case basis.
0: John says two and a half weeks till the transfer window opens. How many does Ross see going out and how many does Ross see coming in?
1: um one or two going out one or two coming in I think it, it'd probably be the, the the best case scenario I don't see there being a, a real big overhaul of the squad I think there might be a, a, a young player or, or two who, who come in maybe one kind of um kind of big big first name sign who who they think they can they can fit into the first team I don't think because of the the FFp and, and everything else like that and and where the club how much the club spent has spent over the last the last 12 months. I don't see there being a, a real huge splurge like we saw last last January, and similar going out. You know, the, it might be one in one out. It, you know, we've talked about Ryan Fraser. There might be one or two others. You know, who might go out on loan, at Jamal Lewis, or someone else like like that, or or Javier Manquillo, depending on on what uh, on how Trippier and Craft's injury are, are kind of uh, progressing as well. Um, but I don't see there being a, a big overhaul of the squad this uh, this January.
0: Interesting uh, article again in the in the Chronicle this week. Um, Sky Bet Newcastle United transfer odds. Ross, I'm sure you've had a look at this, and uh, it's caused a few raised eyebrows. Um, let's start at the bottom and work our way up. Um, an outside bet: Wilfred Zahar, twelve to one.
1: Ooh, again, I, 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 I like Zaha. I think he's a. I think he's a fantastic, um, fantastic player. He's it just wouldn't be for me in Newcastle i don't know what what everybody else thinks i think he's a i think he's a real talent and he's i think he's you know his contract situation is might mean that he's that he moves on but um where would he again where would he fit within that Newcastle team we're, we're, there's a lot of good wide players at the at the minute so um i don't think that one would, uh, would would come off and it's not somebody whose name i've heard i've heard particularly linked with Newcastle as well
0: okay brace yourself for these two incoming ones Jude Bellingham,
1: 33 to 1. You know what it is? This um it's it's not the most outlandish, really. I don't think that that I know it, it, bear with us because it does sound outlandish. Don't get me wrong, it does sound outlandish. This is from skybed
0: by the way. This isn't the chronicle, just picking names <laughs> out of the air.
1: Yeah, yeah. we just I think that this I think that in a couple of years' time, if Newcastle had progressed on a, a little bit, then then Jude Bellingham is he fits the mould. He fits the type of player that 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 Newcastle wants. He's um he's ambitious. The club's ambitious. There could be a, some sort of lingo. I think he's going to go to Liverpool. To be honest, at the end of the season, I think that's where he'll end up. I think he'll end up at um at Liverpool. That's that's just a hunch that I've got from from bits and pieces. Um, he's going to be a a, a player in in huge demand across the whole of Europe. And Newcastle won't be in the um won't be in the in the hunt really unless unless. You know they can they can get in the champions league at the end of the season and then offer you know re, you know huge salaries or, or whatever but i don't think he's that way inclined Bellingham. i think uh i think he'll end up at liverpool but what a player he is what an absolute um unbelievable talent Jude Bellingham is kylian mbappe
0: 16 <laughs> to 1 <laughs> Not a hope
1: in hell, is there? Not a hope, hope in hell, of saying silent saying Would he get in ahead of Miggy? Would would, would Mbappe play ahead of Miggy at the minute? Now, really? I mean, <laughs> 16,
0: again. 16, sixteen to one. You know, I mean that. You know, the boogies the bookies are, are being quite generous there. I think
1: they are. They are again. His contract situation. You know, he, he he should have moved to. He almost moved to Real Madrid in the in the summer and then. Uh, rene- reneged on that deal, and, and, and stayed of Paris Saint Germain, um, he'll he'll leave PSG at some point, but um, but moving to moving to Newcastle, I don't think is uh, is where his heart set. I think he'll end up in, in in La Liga.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, those names did surprise me. Okay, uh, James Madison, uh, getting back into the world of more realistic targets, James Madison seven to four.
1: Don't, yeah, I don't think it'll happen in January, but um I don't think Leicester will be willing to, to sell him in January and I don't think um it's it, that would be the, the right kind of time for him to move, but he is obviously somebody who Newcastle really, really like and, and would improve the squad um and is a is a is a great addition. They'll probably, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they if they did have a little dabble and and, and or go back to them in, in January or, or, or the summer but I'd be surprised if um, if Leicester look to, to, to move him on this month they don't really don't really need to I don't think that do. I think that their the financial situation was helped by um, by the, the business that they did in, in the summer um, and they, they put the block on on Madison kind of moving then so yeah I'd be surprised if, if that one happened in January.
0: OK, I've got three more, uh, all three featured at the World Cup. Uh, we'll start with Pulisic, whose name has now been bandied around again as a potential uh, incoming at Newcastle. Seven to two for that, Ross.
1: Now, see, this this one, it's not going away, this this Pulisic. I don't know anything about, about whether Newcastle are interested in Pulisic at all. I, 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 you know, I'll always come on here and, and, and I'll be honest about what I know and what I don't know, and I don't know anything about, about Pulisic. Um, come on I've not heard or spoken to anybody who's who's given us a steer on, on this one whatsoever but the but the name just keeps cropping up it keeps cropping up it keeps coming back around it goes a bit quiet then it comes back around again and I think um, there's obviously something there there's, for me there's obviously something there you know you can read between the lines and I wouldn't be surprised if if, if they did make another if they did move in for, for Pulisic in the in January he fits the kind of type of player that they want he can play he can play out wide. He can play central, He can drop in as a as a ten. And if they want an extra additional forward player, then that might not be the worst shout in the world. The trouble with that there is, I think, one of the things with with Pulisic though is is it depends on Chelsea as well because um, Broja picked up what looked like a, a bad injury um, in the week playing for, for Chelsea in a in a friendly. So they're a little bit light on 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 forward options themselves. Obama Young's not exactly uh, a spring chicken and and Sterling hasn't quite done it for them at the minute, so it might depend on what business Chelsea do in the in
0: January before uh, before they look to to move somebody like Pulisic out. We often get linked with West Ham players Declan Rice 16 to 1.
1: Not for me. No not not, not for me. I, I really rate Declan Rice but I don't think you'll I don't think you'll you'll move anywhere near Newcastle I think Chelsea or, or Man United will be in for for Declan Rice in the summer.
0: Okay and the last one that Sky better have put forward is Cody Gakpo of course who's featured in the World Cup as well. Seven to one for Cody Gakpo.
1: I think, um, I think again, he fits a lot of, a lot of the, 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 the kind of criteria, if you're looking for, for Newcastle forwards, he, he looks for, he, you know, he's pacey, he's got a, he's got a knife for goal, he's, he's young, he's quick. Um, there's going to be a lot of interest around, around Cody I've um, Again, I've not heard he's, I've not heard, you know, Newcastle being strongly interested in him, other than what I've read elsewhere. Um, Again, I'd I'd I'd, so I'd I'd be slightly surprised if that one happened in in January, but I think he will move in the next six months. Whether it's whether it's to Newcastle, or another Premier League club. Obviously, you know, he nearly moved to Leeds. Um, Man United are interested. He'll have a lot of a lot of interest, in, in his stocks probably gone up a little bit more after the after the world cup and some of his performances then so um i don't i don't know if it's somebody that newcastle would be interested in but i think if they were he would uh, he'd be an excellent addition to the squad
0: okay well that's great um keep an eye on those uh, transfers of course um you know it, it, you, you never say never with newcastle in these days okay halfway through the show we'll go for the ad break a big thanks to all our sponsors. First off, Skips and Bins, telephone 0800 25, 25 3, email inquiries at skipsandbins.com, website skipsandbins.com, easy contract free and pay-as-you-go waste collection. Thanks to Garden of Elan Dispensary, CBD hemp and cannabinoid specialists. You can find them at the G-O-H-D.com. And Thanks to Mr. Vicky's sources, They are handmade in Cumbria and you can find more information out on their website, mrvickys.co.uk. And if you want to order any, email info at mrviggies.co.uk or telephone 01768 210102. Big thanks to Blowhole Brewery, a new beer uh, made on Tyneside. The cans are all designed in the colours of Newcastle United, strips from days gone by. Black and white there, the purple and blue and the good old-fashioned blue from the entertainers. Days I forget. More information on the Blowhole Brewery range, such as Geordie Juice from blowholebrewery.co.uk. Thanks to Media Arts for all the help with the technical side of things and video side of things. And thanks to qtechshop.co.uk, the makers of pool tables and snooker tables in Walls End, Newcastle, and the guys who do our website, nufcmatters.com. If you want to subscribe to the show, then all you need to do is click the subscribe button below. You can also hit the thumb up, which does us a favour, By liking the video and click share to share to your social media such as Twitter and Facebook. We're also available as a podcast on iTunes and Spotify and the rest. And if you want to contribute to the show, use the QR code. It takes you straight to the membership pack and you can join the channel. What do you get for your membership pack? You get a scarf, a cup, a pen, and a membership card and entry into the monthly draw. You can also make a donation by hitting the dollar sign in the chat tonight. We also give you something for free if you subscribe to the show. To get your car sticker, email john at nufcmatters.com and he will post you one out. We also support the Food Bank on this show. And if you want to make a virtual donation to the Food Bank, then go to nufcfansfoodbank.co.uk and make a donation today. On our website, we've got lots of t-shirts, cups, pens, you name it, memorabilia if you want to buy it and support the show. For Christmas, we have the Bruno Christmas Jumper which is selling rather well. And we'll have the bobble hats. player like Almiron, Bruno's Magic and Bruno's 39 and Joe Linton's G 7 Get yourself to nufcmatters.com to buy them today. If you want to buy people a ticket for one of our events next year, we've got an evening with Steve Howie, which is Friday the 24th of February at the Tyneside Irish Centre. Tickets are £50 from nufcmatters.com or newcastlelegends.com. And you can also buy them on voucher before Christmas. Get somebody a bargain and a nice Christmas present. Peter Beardsley is on on the 10th of February at St Dom's Catholic Club in Newcastle. Tickets available direct from the venue. And for this one, Friday the 2nd of June next year at the Grand Hotel in Gosforth, 6.30 start. An evening with Rob Lee, Lee Clark and John Beresford. To book tickets, contact Natalie at Healan Tour org.uk or visit their website healinto.org.uk forward slash events. If you're looking for a Christmas present and people like a book, then get yourself NME from the Bender Squad to the Gremlins or the last remaining copies of Black or White, No Grey Areas, Lee Clark's Autobiography and you can get them from www.badboysbooks.net He's good that guy who does the ads I'll have to try and get him on the show one day um, Blue Rhythm Boys says Not sure how our fans would take the Zaha Seems to speak out too against teammates Not for me John says interesting to see Sunderland blaming the cold For a low attendance when St James' is nailed on to be full And Saturday for a friendly And no doubt it'll be just as cold yeah. You can't find the attendance anywhere for Sunderland And I did watch it last night on TV And uh, by God There were some gaps in that crowd uh, John says Jude perfectly fits the player profile They will be looking for now Interesting Mbappe will be a good uh, squad man In case ASM gets injured uh, John says the chairman was quoted as saying Everyone will be surprised by a big signing Hopefully Mbappe to back up Miggi. Um Ross uh, Do you think Ronaldo will go to Saudi Arabia? Says Tom I spoke last night about him. He's he's spoiled his legacy, I think. And and I think a lot of it's down to what's happened in his personal life for us. You know, that you know, that tragic situation with the baby. I genuinely don't think he's had he's either not taken care, or he's not been offered the kind of care I think he should have had time off. I just genuinely think that his legacy's been ruined internationally now and and at and at club level a little bit, just with his petulance, you know.
1: Yeah, look, I think he's. Um, I think he's always been that that type of that type of character. I think he's he's always he's he's. There's an ego there, obviously. There's an arrogance there. He wants to he wants to to be the best, and and, so, and you know players need that that drive and ambition and, and kind of mentality in a way to to get to the levels that that he has. And I think sometimes it's very difficult to kind of for somebody if 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 his ego and and ability and self self-confidence to to kind of accept that the that they're not the player that they once were were and he, he's clearly he's clearly on the decline. He was on the decline at, at Juventus if you look at some of the, the stats and kind of in kind of detail he, he, he did score some goals but he he missed a lot of chances and his his movement and everything else like that wasn't wasn't great and there was a reason why obviously Juventus were happy for him to 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 leave um, and so he's been on the decline for a couple of years, and he's 37 now, so you would you would ex- expect that. Um, in terms of where will he move next, I think you know there doesn't seem to be very many suitors. I think a lot of people are, are, are put off by the salary demands that he'll have, by the, the the kind of the baggage that does that does come with him. Um, so it may be that he has to he has to go somewhere like like Saudi or, or the USA or somewhere like that for for one kind of. Last, last big, hurrah! I think he has been badly advised, Steve. I'd completely agree with him that the, the Piers Morgan interview was a was a car crash. Car to crash, be honest, yeah. absolute. Whoever you know, whoever's sorting his PR out is 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 you know absolutely sold him uh, uh, down the river. There, it's, it was it was ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous, uh, for someone of his stature and, and kind of profile to to come out and, and do something like that. So yeah, he's been badly advised. You wonder what type of people he's got around. You you, you wonder, like you say, about about his, um, his his personal situation as as well, whether that has had a had an impact. But um, he's burnt his bridges at, at at Man United. He's burnt his bridges with a with a lot of a lot of people in a lot of clubs now. So it's it's sad because he what a player he is, what a fantastic uh, talent he, he has been. Uh, and you would hope that that people go off you know into the sunset with a little bit of dignity and class. But I think that was probably never going to happen with uh, Cristiano Ronaldo.
0: No, I just, I just genuinely think, I mean, look, it's been what, April when, when, you know, the, you know, the, the newborn son uh, passed away. Um, You know, he's had to, you know, he's had to go through that. And he is in the public domain, of course, which, which isn't, which which isn't easy. Um, You know, I just, I just think that has played a huge part and I'm, I don't know. Obviously, you know, I don't know what the situation is, but I just don't think I don't think he had the, the, the time off maybe. I, I don't know, maybe he needs to speak to somebody. I, I just I genuinely feel he has changed. I know he's always had, you know, that kind of you know attitude, which is what makes him the player he is. He's a brilliant player, world world class player, one of the one of the world's best. I just think sadly for him, you know, that something like this is, is probably affected him. And yeah, bad advice on the media side of things as well. Um but yeah, it's not our problem. Um but you know, we, we got asked the question. I want to talk a little bit about Jamal LaSalle's. Um, uh, you know, Eddie Howe's come out in in praise of him again um, while across in rehab, doing his, his press stuff out there. You know, saying that the reason he was given the captain's armband is because he's such an influential figure in the dressing room. Um, he's probably not going to have many minutes. He may well play. Well, certainly, I would imagine he'd play against um, uh, you know the team on Saturday. But I think he will probably feature in the in, in the in the Carabao Cup as well. Uh, but you know, he's not going to get anywhere near the team on a, on a on a match day in the Premier League unless we have a serious injury crisis. But certainly holds him in high esteem, doesn't he? He
1: does, and, and, and rightly so, look, we see what happens on the pitch on a, on a, on a Saturday afternoon or a, or a Sunday afternoon or, or whenever it is for, for 90 minutes. And, and that's sometimes how we judge players and how we judge um, whether somebody should be at Newcastle United. But there is a lot more to, to uh, being part of a, a football team, to being part of a squad than the, the 90 minutes that happens um, once a week or, or twice a week during, uh, during games. There's, a, there's, there's the you know players are training twice twice a day or, 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 or every day.' there's, there's all the, the, the other stuff that goes around the squad. Um, you need different characters. you need different people. you need people who are who are leaders. you need people who are a, bit, a little bit quiet. you need people who, who are vocal. you need people who um, who are the jokers amongst the squad. You need a, a real mix. it's like it's like you know any industry, it's like any workplace. You know, you need a different mix of, of characters for that to work. If everybody is the same, if everybody had an ego of, of Ronaldo's size, if everybody was a was a um, was a joker like like Gaza, it wouldn't work. It wouldn't work in a in a squad. You need a, a different um, a different mix and a different uh, a different type of players. And Jamal Lacelles offers something to that squad, whether he's playing or, or whether he's not. He's whether he's a, a the leader figure in the change rooms, whether he's that it's influential and, and kind of steady, calm and figure for younger players, or, or somebody who who will almost be a bit of a shop steward, if you like, and, and lead negotiations. Around, you know what you did with with Mike Ashley around around players' contracts and bonuses and all that sort of stuff. You need these different types of, of characters in a team. And yes, he's 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 going to be limited. I think in terms of the minutes that he that he plays on the pitch, because the team is moving in a different direction. And, and Eddie Howe wants something a little bit different from his players. He wants he wants his centre half to be a little bit more, um, a little bit better on the ball, a little bit co- uh, more comfortable in possession than what probably Jamal is. But um, but he's the captain of this team. He's the captain of this this group of players. And he's he, he's earned that right from what he's done over over previous years. Has he let Newcastle down? I don't think he has. I think he's yeah. He, some of his performances at times the dip, but every player's performances dip. He's something he makes mistakes. So does everybody. I think he's a really good character and a really good person to have around uh, the squad, to have in the change rooms, and obviously Eddie Howe thinks that as well. Otherwise he wouldn't have, have kept him with the arm bad, and he, and he wouldn't have, have kept him as as being a, one of the, the the leadership group around Newcastle United at the minute.
0: The, uh, the the dreaded um, fans is if uh, I guess if Southgate leaves England, that Howe would be wooed again. And um, the Chronicle covering this in depth again today with um, you know talk of Dan Ashworth and you know Eddie Howe. You know obviously you know sorting the new contract out at the start of the season. Obviously they've also. Um, you know, mentioning the fact that he doesn't have a release clause in his contract after signing the enhanced deal, which is good news for for, for Newcastle fans. Um, Ashworth was uh, quoted in in October, basically saying that they've done everything they can to protect the club. Um, so you know, it, it, it I think it's nothing to fear about, and I, and I would have said that I still feel Potter's probably you know ahead of uh, of how maybe he's in England's thinking and you know names getting chucked around last night where you know um you know Simeone, um uh, Tuchel uh Tuchel another another one who potentially could you know could could do a job for England if Gareth goes but I wouldn't I wouldn't worry Newcastle fans too much Ross about you know you know about Eddie Howe, you know going to England and he's come out and said himself that he's got a job to do here
1: Absolutely 100% I don't think it's a, I don't think it's the right time I think I think he'd be a fantastic fit for England. If I'm being honest, I think he would be a really good, really good fit. I think Graham Potter would be a good fit as, as well. I think the, the type of manager, the type of person, the type of personalities that that the FA are looking for in terms of when they when they do appoint a successor to, to Gareth Southgate. I think the FA are probably, probably desperate for for Gareth to stay in that job for another 80 months, two years, because. By that point, then, then Graham Potter or Eddie Howe might be in a different position um in terms of their career and it might be it might be something that that fits them a bit better. But as far as Eddie Howe's concerned, he's he's come out um, and said that he's got a job to do and he's 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 not finished that job with, with Newcastle. Um I don't think there's any any reason to to fear um if Southgate did decide to walk where that, that Eddie Howe's head would be turned by by the England job. It'll probably be something that he that he'd be really in the mix for in a in a few years time but it's it's certainly not the right time he's committed to newcastle he's he's got a project there that he's that he's only kind of well, not even well yeah about 12 months into now isn't he so he, in the wonders that he's that he's done i think he wants to to push newcastle on get more experience working in playing in managing europe coaching in in the champions league potentially or the or the europa league um and then the england job might come a, come around again but yeah, he's firmly committed to Newcastle, so no reasons to to be concerned.
0: Yeah, big announcement yesterday from the club that uh, Newcastle's game uh, for the Carabao Cup against Bournemouth is um, actually had to be moved um, due to the strike action that is planned uh, next Wednesday uh, by the NHS. So the game has now been moved uh, to the Tuesday, um, and um, you know, good good to see Newcastle acting quickly. Unfortunately, it means that some fans now won't be able to make the game though, Ross. This is this is the problem with this, but it's it's out of the club's hands.
1: It is. I mean, what what can you do? You know, I feel really, really sorry for the fans. You know, I've, I've been reading comments and, and speaking to people in Facebook comments and such like, you know, there's people flying in for, for Christmas and, and who thought, oh, I'll, I'll land on the, the Tuesday, I'll be able to go to the game on the Wednesday. There's there's people who've spent a lot of money on, on train tickets and hotel. Uh, costs. That's that's just Newcastle fans. You know that that's without thinking about the Bournemouth fans who have made arrangements to to travel up as well. But the club's kind of caught between a rock and a hard place. There's there's the the, the hands are, are tied to an extent, and, and they've had to make a, a decision, which which probably which means that the game goes ahead rather than the game kind of being postponed. Full stop. So it's a really difficult one. I know there's a, there's a few of my mates who were, who were planning on going on it. Uh, If the game was a Wednesday and they were being switched to the Tuesday, they've got other commitments, work and this, that and the other um, and and might not be able to to get there as well. So it's a tricky one, but the club's been been forced to make that decision by, by factors outside of their control, really.
0: Yeah, it's um, you know, it's, it's 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 just common sense. You know, we you know you can't have a game without you know without you know medical help available. So um, it's 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 unfortunate uh, out of the club's hands, but I think you know the fact that they've acted quickly is you know is the right thing. Uh, another article that struck me in the Chronicle uh, this week was just you know Eddie Howe's prayers of Joe Linton. Um, you know, and he described um, in the article written by Lee Ryder as a as a pivotal figure in the dressing room. And did you ever think you would read these kind of words about Joe Linton, Ross?
1: Yeah, I know. He, he, the transformation's been extraordinary, hasn't it? He's, um, he's now, he's a pivotal figure in the change room. He's a pivotal figure on the on the pitch. He's, um, he's a big personality. He's a big big character. What I've always liked about Joe Linton, regardless of what happened kind of on the pitch, regardless of, of everything else, what I've, what I've always liked about him from the, 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 the day that he walked in the club, is his attitude? Is he's is the way that he's gone about his his business? He's never hid, even when he was getting grief and and pelters. He's never hid. His fitness record is is astonishing for for um for a, a player coming into the, into this this league. You know, he barely misses a game. He barely misses a training session. He's his reliability. He's, he's fitness, and he always puts himself forward. He's kept going and kept working at his game, and and he's getting the kind of the the rewards, I think, that, he's, that his attitude certainly is um, deserved over, over previous previous seasons.
0: <laughs> Kindly moving the game to the 20th, which is my 50th birthday. Won't get any grief at all uh, off the family for going to the match. You'll just have to do all the cake and all that early doors, mate. That's all you'll have to do. Jordy Toon says, Ross, Wickham to win the league and cup on your castle to finish in the Europa League.
1: That's unfair, question, mate, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, mate, I'm getting getting stitched up here, man. Aren't I not know, dear lord. I tell you what, I'm gonna I'm gonna see a Wickham to win because now I'm uh, I've I've moved into the chairman's uh, the chairman seat at Wickham now. So yeah, congratulations
0: have, on that, mate.
1: I saw that. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to wear my chairman's hat on this one and say uh, Wickham to to win something and then uh, and then we'll see Newcastle. I've never seen I've never well I, I've never really seen Wickham. Well, I have I, Wickham last won something in two thousand and six, so it's been—I suppose it's only sixteen years since we won something at Wigan, but it's—it's um, it's a bit longer when you castle. But yeah, I'll—I'll—I'll I'll, I'll, I'll stick with my chairman's hat on there and say, unfortunately, Wigan, another team playing in black and white, mind to—to—to uh, to, to lift the trophy first.
0: So I'm going to ask you: Have you invested in a camel coat and a cigar, Ross? <laughs> now that you're the chairman,
1: well, I know, I know what. Since I took over as chairman, we've played two, lost two, so I'm already getting sacked the board chance from the uh, from the <laughs> the fans. Over the
0: yeah, it's hard at the top, mate. Do you think Eddie will be offered the England job, says Keith? Which is a slightly different question. Um, I think he will be if Southgate goes. I certainly think he'll be on a short list. Yeah, yeah,
1: 100%. 100%. If Southgate goes, the, the, the type of person and type of... Um, type of candidates the, the FA will be wanting to speak to anyhow will be right up there at the, at the top of the, the shortlist you know you might give them short change you might, you might give them short shrift and say you know thanks for thanks for the interest but but no thanks but he'll be somebody that the FA would, would definitely have in, in their in their um, wish list if you like
0: yeah uh, thank Rob says I love the jumper Steve very festive well there you there you go I'll take that off the screen this is my whether you can see it this is my jolly face. That's what it says. So there you are, yeah. Christmas jumper on today. Going for a couple of uh, Christmas drinks after the show today. So uh, it is very festive, Rob. You are right. Um, Dylan Stevenson managed to score uh, against Al Halal. Ross, um, great to see, as we mentioned last week, the youngsters getting out there. But um, that'll be one that he um, is going to be able to talk to, the, you know, talk to his family about. And then, you know, it, it's a real buzz, isn't it, when a youngster scores like that?
1: Ah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Um, he's he's the same age as, as my son. Um, Tim Stevenson. He played in the in a, for, for City Juniors. I think in a game against my son's team. Um, and when they, uh, you know, they were absolutely um outstanding team at, at that time. And he was a he was a very very good young player. Um, great to see a, a young lad coming through and 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 scoring uh, goals or making an impact on the. On the uh, on the first team, there's a there's a little crop of them, you know, just just working with the 21s at the minute. You know, Dunn Stevenson, you know, Lewis Miley's people like that, who are who who are getting little little tastes of of um, of what it's like to to be to be in the in the first team environment, which is. Um, you know, which is great to see. And hopefully, like we've said all along, we'll one or two of them start to to step up and can make that transition. Oh, it's very, very difficult. The standards are so so high to play in the Premier League right now. Um, but yeah, we wish them all the best. And hopefully one one or two can follow the likes of your Sean Longstaff's and your Elliot Anderson's into that first team squad on a more consistent basis.
0: We had a chance to see Carrius against uh, Al-Halal as well. And I mean, um, you know, Newcastle, obviously emergency, uh, an emergency signing really because of the situation that they found themselves in at the start of the season. But he's, you know, he actually looks a half-decent keeper and how really was impressed and, and, and looks like he wants to keep a hold of him now.
1: Yeah, that's it's an interesting one. I'll be honest, I thought it would probably only last until uh, until this transfer window and I didn't think his contract would, would necessarily be um, renewed. But... um but it looks like it looks like it, it will be. Um and he's gonna he he'd probably stay until till the end of the season, just adds that a little bit more depth and, and experience. He's obviously got a, a lot of experience. He's had a tough time over the last last few years um with his with his career, with how it how it ended at, at Liverpool in the, the Champions League final and so on and so forth. But um but yeah, I don't think he's the he's necessarily the the worst kind of backup to, to Nick Pope if 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 you know, Touchwood Nick Pope stays fit and, um, and there's no issues there. But with Carrius and, and Carl Darlow potentially be, beneath him, then there's it's it's quite a strong, um, it's quite a strong goalkeeping department. And then you've still got Martin Dubravka to, to potentially come back to the club as well. So the well stock for goalkeepers in Carrius did himself, um, no um, you know, he, he he put himself right in the frame of these performances in uh in in Saudi. So yeah, best of luck to the lad.
0: Okay, this weekend, uh, see Newcastle uh, back in action, albeit another friendly. Rio Vallecano arrive into Newcastle United. Uh, gotta be honest, don't know a great deal about them other than they're on a pretty decent run at the minute. They're sitting eighth in the uh, La Liga, um, which you know is, isn't too bad for, for you know after 14, 14 games played, uh, but they've hit a little bit of form. Um, so this is going to be a decent test, uh, Ross, isn't it?
1: It is. It, it again. It's I, I'm, I'm the same as you, Steve. I don't really know too much about them. I've not looked into them at, at all. If I'm being honest. So, um, but what it does give Newcastle, it gives them a a good warm up fixture before the 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 proper business starts again. It's against a, a team who were who were you know playing at a at a good level and a, and like you say, in a, obviously in a decent of form, be a, a step up to the to the game that they played in Saudi Arabia and and just. Gives them that little bit of extra um opportunity to to sharpen up after after the break. We you know I've said before nobody knows how teams are going to come back from this preseason break. Nobody knows how it's this mid-season break. Sorry, nobody knows how it's you know, it's really going to affect teams in terms of momentum for Newcastle. That they, they need to get back to to the the momentum and the, the the performances that they were putting in before before the World Cup started. You know, it kind of came at the wrong time in in many ways for, for Newcastle because of the. The way they were playing, so games like like Saturday will hopefully um, help sharpen them up again um, before the Bournemouth game. Because I know the the league's obviously a real priority for, for Newcastle now, and and got themselves into a fantastic position. But the League Cup, I'd still love to see you know a, a trip to a trip to Wembley. I think the, the think the Bournemouth game on Tuesday is huge, It's really really huge for me. I'd love to. I'd still sacrifice a Champions League place or even a Euro- Europa League place for a, a League Cup victory. So, um, so yeah, hopefully Saturday will will be another good workout for them and they can um, they can put a lot of the plans in place ahead of uh, the season starting up again.
0: Yeah, well, uh, Valicano come into the game uh, off the back of a 1-1 draw against uh, Real Sociedad. Um, they've also had a training camp With, uh, well, I think they went to Turkey. Uh, They lost against Fenerbahce 3 1, uh, but they beat Galatasaray 1 0. So uh, they have been in a a little bit of action over the last few weeks uh, as well. And uh, there is a familiar face um, at the club. Ex Newcastle defender Florian Lejeune is on a season long loan of Balacano uh, from fellow Spanish side Deportivo. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Most people just look forward to getting back into St. James's Park. Uh John says Dylan Stevenson's done a great uh the last couple of years. He is definitely one to watch. And he says Eddie would be off his rocker if he listened to England. Um just surfing through uh NUFC.com today, I often do that just to see the anniversary of um, you know, um, you know, players or birthdays or whatever or or big occasions. And um Glenn Roder's on there today. Um this this was the day that he would have been born sadly passed away uh glenn um a few years well i'm seeing um 2021 last year at the age of 65 after losing his battle against a brain tumor uh, but glenn Rhoda, i mean uh, that's that's our era isn't it ross you know as, as newcastle fans um you know he was a, he was a great ambassador for the club great player and um, also took the reins as manager he did in a really
1: um a really good bloke as well just a, a gentleman you know somebody who had a had a lot of time for for people and and you know you'll not find many people if any with a with a bad word to say about Glenn Roder. I think you know my first memories of Glenn Rhoda are a kind of the Rhoda shuffle uh, yeah. when, he was a, when he was a player when he was a, a kind of a marauding centre-half at times wasn't he, he was a, a you know a really kind of underrated player in a, in a different era his style of his style of defending might have you know, might have got him even more success because of um, you know, he wasn't this big brute of a of a centre half, he was a little bit more a little bit more composed and cultured and that, that road of shuffle was a was a sight to behold at uh, at St. James's in the eighties. And then like you say, he came back to the club in a couple of different roles, um, and then eventually took the the reins as um as kind of caretaker manager and got the club into into Europe, which which shouldn't be um forgotten about or or underestimated in, in you know, when he got the job on a permanent basis and it didn't quite work out. He was a he was a great servant to uh, Nick Cassie United over, over the years and in a really sad, untimely passing um, for, for someone who was a, a real football man and, and a gentleman as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. Great words, Ross. And uh, another great show. That hour has passed, as it always does, very quickly. Thanks to everybody in the chat. Thanks to the moderators. And uh, thanks to you, Ross, for, for coming on. Look forward to seeing you next Tuesday when we'll be looking ahead to the Bournemouth Cup game. Have a good weekend. Good luck to Wickham this weekend, mate.
1: Thanks very much, guys. Cheers. Speak to you later.